What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jay Ridge, back for another episode of Straight to the Bank. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'll be diving into the Tennessee Titans offense, as well as looking at some of the book lines for these wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, quarterbacks. In a little series, I'm calling the ECR versus the book. We'll be looking at the expert consensus rankings at Fantasy Pros for the 2023 season and comparing those to some of the book lines to project ranges of outcomes for these players and these big conglomerates that have all these models, all these data, all these people working on these lines and seeing what do they tell us about what we should expect in fantasy football this season. So make sure you're strapped in. Follow me on Twitter at ShaboyJRich. Make sure you're following and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast network. And ratings and reviews are always appreciated. So let's dive into the show. As you guys are aware, we got some breaking news on Sunday. As I was preparing for the wake-up show, we found out DeAndre Hopkins will be signing with the Tennessee Titans, which mixed reviews, I think you could say, at the best for DeAndre Hopkins to Tennessee. It was favored by the time, you know, Sunday rolled around. There was already early reports that he was going to be on the Tennessee Titans. Pat McAfee did his little soundbite with Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel told everybody that he knew on Saturday, so he was withholding some information from the people. Maybe that's why the odds flipped. Maybe there's some insider info there. I'm not here to speculate. All I'm telling you is what was reported. McAfee had Vrabel. Vrabel said he knew on Saturday. We found out on Sunday, little fishy, maybe not. There was a report to Kansas City. He is now in Tennessee, two years, $26 million, $13 million base, and there is incentives on top of that. And I probably won't dive into the incentives because I don't really care. We're here to figure out how do we feel about DeAndre Hopkins? How do we feel about Trey Burks? How do we feel about Chiggy Okonkwo? Because those are the three guys we've been drafting. Well, two guys we've been drafting in Tennessee. Now DeAndre Hopkins ultimately lands there. Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, thank goodness. We do not want to see Malik Willis, and we do not want to see Will Levis. Tannehill will be the efficient passer that he is. Throwing to DeAndre Hopkins should be great for him. So let's dive into the Tennessee Titans as a whole, because last year they were god-awful. My goodness. Worst offensive line in the NFL, kind of in the realm of both passing and rushing, so that's not great. They only threw the ball 456 times. Now, part of that was due to a Tannehill injury, but it was only 23 times a game, which is not a lot, even for Tennessee. They did run the ball, though, at a pretty high clip, 487 rush attempts. Most of those, of course, absorbed by Derrick Henry and his 349 carries last year. But when you talk about the receivers and that actual breakdown, it broke down to about 436 targets. But in the previous season, they threw the ball 500 times. So 535 attempts from Ryan Tannehill in 2021, 485 in 2020. And you talk about the situation and what we're expecting out of Tennessee. You can almost bypass 2022 and 2021 because the season you really want to focus on is truly 2020. That's when they had A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. And that's when we saw reasonable target shares from the top wide receivers on that team. You had A.J. Brown at 106 targets. Now, he did get hurt, and he was on pace for, I believe, around 135 targets. Then you had Corey Davis, who had 92, which broke down to about a 23% and 19.5% target shares for the number one and number two wide receivers in the Tennessee offense. Now, when you talk about 21 and 22, you had 57 targets and 54 targets for the wide receiver two in the Tennessee offense, which is not great. And definitely not what we would project for Traylon Burks this season. And so when you go back to 2020 and you see that 106 and 92, it's a pretty reasonable number and a pretty reasonable target share. 
But when you talk about DeAndre Hopkins and what he's used to, that 30%, 28%, that's going to be the biggest thing to overcome for me with Hopkins is that everyone kind of knows now in Tennessee, the ceiling is capped for Hopkins and it's definitely capped for Burks because both these guys can't have a 30% target share. And even Hopkins alone having a 30% target share would be pretty crazy given that basically over the past, I don't know, 10 seasons, I think it was all the way back to 2013, nobody in Tennessee has has had more than 120 targets at wide receiver. Not a single player, not A.J. Brown, not Corey Davis when he was the only show in town. Like, nobody in Tennessee for 10 years has had 120 targets. Like, let that sink in to really think about the talent that A.J. Brown is. And to be fair, in 2021 and 2020, he was on pace for over that number. He was right around 135 was his pace in those seasons. And that's in a 17-game pace, not in a not in a 16-game pace. But they were on pace in a 17-game season to hit that 135 mark. But even still, you got to go all the way back to 2013 in those 16-game seasons to find someone who had, at wide receiver at least, because there was Delaney Walker still doing some great things at tight end, to have 120-plus targets in a season. And so you come back, whoop, 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 back to 2023, It still doesn't look that good, though. It still doesn't look that good. So the way that I'm looking at this right now and the way I'm kind of breaking this down, you have to assume they pass more. It's just not going to cut it like they had last season. 456, we know that Tannehill got hurt in 12 games, but even still his pace wasn't that great. So I bumped them up to about 500 pass attempts. I believe I have them right now for 510. That breaks down to about 492 total targets because, of course, QBs throw the ball away. People always forget that when they project players. QBs throw the ball away, and those are not targets. Those are throwaways. Those do not count towards their targets, but they do count as pass attempts. Then I bump the rushing down a little bit because you have to, again, take away from the rush to give to the pass and blah, 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 blah. But the big thing here is when you break it all down, you're looking at about 500 targets, which is great. That sounds great. Give them 25% to DeAndre Hopkins. Boom. We're looking real good at 25%. The problem is, is that, you know, that wide receiver one role has kind of been around the 21-22% range. And like we talked about, Hopkins is kind of in that 28-30% to range. So how does that really break down? You kind of have to put it in the middle because you're not going to give Hopkins 30% target share. Like, that's just not going to happen. This is a team that over the past three years, for their top three running backs, top five receivers, and top two tight ends, they've only contributed to 88% of the total target share. So there's still 12% that is unaccounted for with random guys. And and Scott's talked about this before plenty of times. We want offenses that gives their best players the ball. And when we're talking about three running backs, five receivers, and two tight ends, that is not the best players on the offense. That is a considerable portion of the offense, but we expect that number to be a lot higher. And in the case of Tennessee Titans, it is not. It is not that high. You want it to be in the 95, 97% if you can get it. But In Tennessee, that's just not the case. So even with me factoring in that we're going to give them a higher passing grade and they're going to throw the ball more, that's great. So they're going to throw the ball more and you start upping those targets for DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, let's get up to 24%, 25%. All right, you know, when you get past that, you got to take away from somebody. We already got to get Burks up to the 18, 20% range because we know that he's going to get his targets. And then you have Nick Westbrook-Akine, who you got to take some targets away from him. But then the big factor here, and I think where everyone is really misguided about Tennessee, the tight ends get targets in Tennessee. Like, they get a lot of targets. 
So you talk about the tight end position in particular. In 2020, 65 targets to the tight end one, 53 to the tight end two. So 100 targets to the tight end. And now remember, that's a 468. So a pretty considerable target share to just those two tight ends. There's still other tight ends in the fold in this offense. So then you go to 2021, 43 targets for tight end one, 40 targets for tight end two. 2022, 60 targets for tight end one, 46 targets for tight end two. So we are literally talking about an offense that has not thrown less than 40 targets to their tight end two, which is ridiculous. Like, like let's just let's just say that right off the bat. That is absurd. The tight end two on any team is is probably not very good. The tight end one on most teams is also not very good. So you just factor that in at all. There's going to be targets to go to tight ends, and we don't really want them to go there, but they're going to go there. They've been about 10% or so, sometimes 12% at times to the tight end two over the past three seasons on average. And so you look at Chiggy right now and you say, well, Chiggy's dead. There's no way. How is he going to have a role in this offense? Well, when you throw the ball over 12% of the time to your tight end, at least your tight end one, that's probably going to be a pretty stable role in this offense. DeAndre Hopkins or not, it may take some targets away from the other receivers in the offense, but I still believe that Chiggy will be heavily involved in this offense. And for a guy who was still pretty good last season, catching over 70% of his passes or almost 70% of his passes, I've rejected for 70% this year. And then you have him at 14 yards of reception last season. I bumped him down all the way down to 13 and a half, which isn't crazy, but again, a little regression there. It's still 64 targets with a 13% share, 45 receptions, 601 yards, and four touchdowns is what I allocated to Chiggy Okonkwo, which I think, while we're hoping for a little bit more, even with DeAndre Hopkins in the fold, that would be a pretty good season, and I bet you get a discount on Chiggy Okonkwo enough that that's actually worth it to draft him in fantasy. So then you talk about the top two receivers in DeAndre Hopkins' Traylon Burks, you break down, I have it broken down to about a 24% target share for Hopkins. You could go higher, but the reality is like, you talk about RB1, 8%, RB2, 5%, RB3, 3%, wide receiver one, as I mentioned, 21%, 13% for wide receiver two, 10% for wide receiver three, 5% for wide receiver four, 3% for wide receiver five. We don't want to see those numbers for those low end wide receivers, but that's what Tennessee has done. Ryan Tannehill likes to spread the ball around. He will get the ball to his top weapon as we've seen when it's AJ Brown. So that's a great sign. But it doesn't mean that he's going to funnel 30% of these targets to DeAndre Hopkins because that has not happened. So if you want to bump him up all the way to, let's say, a 26% target share, okay, great. That's 128 targets. But then that's also funneling that target share to the top guys at a 94% clip, which is 6% higher than they've had over the last three seasons. And so that's where you lose me a little bit because the targets have to go to somebody. And that's only leaving about 30 remaining for the rest of the team, the stragglers, the random guys, the tight end three, the tight end four, the running backs, all those stuff. The guys that you don't want to get targets to get them on Tennessee happens every year. But even with, like I mentioned, a 26% target share, that's only 128 targets to DeAndre Hopkins. Now, last season, he was around 65, 66%. That translates to about 84 receptions. And depending on what you give his yards per reception, which I think will be relatively low, because I think he'll be more in the intermediate, not so much in the deep game, that's about 1,000 yards. I gave him six touchdowns, which again is a pretty solid number of about 221 fantasy points. But in my opinion, that's still a little bit on the high end. If you go up to 26, you want to go up to 27% and really bump up that target share, 28%, 138 targets. But again, still only 1,100 yards, but 91 receptions, which would be pretty good. Again, I'm not quite that high on the offense. I'm not quite that high on what to expect 
for DeAndre Hopkins this season. So I only have him at 25%. And I think that's pretty reasonable. 25%, give him a quarter of the targets. They're going to spread it around. They're going to get some to Derrick Henry. I still think that Traylon Burks needs to get his. I don't think he's dead by any stretch. He's going to be the X receiver. He's going to be the outside guy. So he has to see around a 18, 20% target share, which again, to translates in this offense of 492, 20% is 97 targets. Ivan for 60 receptions, 874 yards and four touchdowns. I think it's very reasonable. I think it's a very reasonable range of outcomes for both these players. And based off where they're going, you know, you're looking at this offense right now and you say, okay, give DeAndre Hopkins 24%. That's about 214 fantasy points, which is pretty solid. You know, as far as wide receivers go, that's not super high, but it's also not like he's dead either. You look in PPR, 214 is what Michael Pittman did last year, what Garrett Wilson did last year, a little bit higher than Jerry Judy. And so you talk about that 25% share, 24% share, which I think you can get pretty easily. You're looking in this range of about wide receiver 20 all the way down to about wide receiver 26. Now that's basically Zay Jones, Chris Olave, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, which we're not going to count because this is total points, Jerry Judy, Garrett Wilson, Michael Pittman Jr. But when you break that down on a per, per game basis, it's a little bit uglier, unfortunately. So you kind of look at the numbers here and you see Chris Olave is up there and a point per game basis over 13, but you have to put him in the range of where Garrett Wilson was, which was around 12.7, which is fine. It's nothing to write home about. It's nothing great, but it's pretty good. Zay Jones was again, 12.4 last season. No one's saying, damn, I got to give me that Zay Jones. He's phenomenal. But DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get pretty modest production, probably consistent. We'll see about the boom games, but overall not looking so great for him. And then you break that down even further and you go down to where Traylon Burks is going to be. Traylon Burks, 172 fantasy points, which is fine. And you go look at the total points and see where he would land on that list. Right around Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Drake London of last season, Adam Thielen of last season, my goodness, 10.6 points per game or so, maybe 10.9, 11 on the high end. There is some upside, but you're getting down into like the crusty wide receiver three, wide receiver four range. And that's not really what we want in fantasy football, unfortunately. It's a fine player, but as I mentioned, the upside is really not so high for for Traylon Burks in this offense. I think, you know, you look at DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to get his targets. You know, we talk about, Odell Beckham and how he was paid $15 million. So he's going to get his targets. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't going to a team where he's not going to get targets. But at the same time, like you look at what we expect from Hopkins and it just, it's very difficult to see this 28, 30% target share for Hopkins because that's just not what Tennessee does. That's not how they run their offense. And, And like I mentioned, this is not like a new thing. They have a new OC, they've had different OCs, and they just never really hyper-targeted one guy or one receiver in their offense. At one time, it was Delaney Walker, and he had some monster seasons. But I don't think we're going to see that when you have a Traylon Burke still, and you have a Chigia Conquo, two very competent, talented players that deserve a target share. I don't think you can just then say to DeAndre Hopkins, okay, we're also going to get you the ball 30% of the time because other players do get the ball in this offense. They spread it around. They have a lot of different creative ways of getting players the ball. And I think that's the main reason why we're not going to see this massive target share for DeAndre Hopkins. And so when you look at this totality of this offense, I love Ryan Tannehill. I think he'd have a great year. I think one of the sneakiest stats when you talk about Tannehill overall is that in 2021 and 2020, he had seven rushing touchdowns in both seasons. 
And so you look at that and you're like, wow, like, goddamn. And he only had two last year. Part of that was the offensive line. Part of that was the team being god awful. And that could maybe go up this year. But you want to talk about regression and potentially some upside for a quarterback. Ryan Tannehill's rushing upside, surprisingly, is actually pretty good because last year was the first year in two, in of the previous three seasons where he didn't run for 260 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. He also ran the ball fewer times. Now, part of that was because he did get hurt and miss some games, but his rushing was way down last year. I'd be curious if it picks up at all this season because that was one of the more surprising stats I found in diving through the data for Tennessee was actually how prolific Ryan Tannehill was on the ground. Seven touchdowns in back-to-back seasons is definitely something you want to pay attention to especially only having two last year. But when you look at the target breakdown, I think the efficiency for Tannehill will be there because it's always been there. But when you talk about the actual breakdown of the targets, that's where you lose me on this really high-end upside for DeAndre Hopkins and why I wouldn't project him for that high. You could go there, and if you want to go with the ceiling comp and say, well, if he has 28%, let's just let's just drop 30% into this number right now. Oh, perfect. 30%, 147 targets, 97 receptions, Still only 1,167 yards and then touchdown still at six. I don't change those, but it just seems so unrealistic for DeAndre Hopkins. It, it could happen, I guess, but I just not something I see happening. I think 123, maybe 130 on the high end sounds about right, which again, translate to about 81 receptions, 972 yards and six touchdowns that I gave for him. And so I think when you look at that perspective, he's probably a back end wide receiver too. Bad, maybe mid wide receiver two or high end wide receiver three, which isn't bad. And I think that's where people kind of get lost when they think about this situation. It doesn't mean that he can't be good, but that high end upside that people were hoping for from DeAndre Hopkins is definitely not going to be there in Tennessee. But if his ADP continues to slip and continues to fall, he actually could be a bit of a value because again, you don't like Tennessee. You think that it's a bad landing spot, but if he gets 125 targets, that would be pretty good. And I don't think anybody would complain if DeAndre Hopkins had 125 targets, he saw a good number of touchdowns, he had 80 receptions, he had, you know, close to 1,000 yards. It's just, the issue is it's not the season people were hoping for. Everyone points back to last season, well, when he came back, he was on pace for 1,400 yards. That's great. That's in a completely different offense in Arizona, which again, this year will be completely different as well. But they threw the ball a ton. They threw the ball over 30 times a game. This team threw the ball 23 times a game. And while I have a slight uptick coming for them this year, it's not going to magically boom to 30, 32, 33 times a game. They still have Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's still getting his 315 carries again this season. Like that's going to happen, whether you like it or not. So you factor that in and you say, well, how many times can they realistically throw the ball? Past three seasons, 436, 522, and 468 to the or to their skill position players in terms of targets. So are they really going to be at 550 or even 530? Probably not. That's why I have them for around 500. And then again, 25%, 125. It's a great number for DeAndre Hopkins. I think people should be happy with that. And so when you actually look at it, you see the numbers based off last season, probably a back-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. The issue is the upside will be consistent, but he's not going to be a guy who goes out and like wins you a week probably unless he has a multi-touchdown game, which I just don't really expect from a Hopkins. I think Burks is interesting to see how he shakes out. You know, Brett Coleman was tweeting this out yesterday. He was watching a lot of Titans film and 
a lot of things that Arizona did last season. And he's like, I just don't really see DeAndre Hopkins being the X in Tennessee. He could be, but he just thinks with Traylon Burks' juice and what he can do on the outside, it just makes way more sense for Hopkins to operate in the intermediate and the short area game move the chains, be that target guy that Ryan Tannehill can rely on to get open, to win in tight spaces. And then you have Burks to go down the field to make the big plays, the splash plays. And that's where the yards will come from. And so when you look at Hopkins and his 123 targets versus Burks' 97, it's a lot closer in yardage at 972 for Hopkins and 874 for Burks, simply because Burks has way more juice and he's probably going to average somewhere in the realm of 14 to 15 yards per reception which A.J. Brown and Corey Davis averaged in 2020, which is the reason why they had 900 yards apiece because they both averaged over 15 yards per reception. That is simply not in the cards for DeAndre Hopkins. He's not going to average 15 yards of reception. Now, there is a world where maybe he has a super high catch rate over 70%. I have over 66%, as I mentioned earlier. So it's still possible he's a phenomenal receiver, but we'll see. This, this whole situation in Tennessee is not great, and especially when you look at the history of Tennessee wide receivers that have been brought in to make a big difference in this offense, it just hasn't happened. And so I'm praying to God that Hopkins is another, not another casualty. I don't believe that he will be. The talent is still there. He's still a phenomenal receiver, but we'll see. We don't really know what this offense is going to look like. And I think when you actually look at the book lines and how it's reflected, that's when you start to see like, okay, how should we really view these players and what are these ranges of outcomes? Because like I mentioned on the Wake Up Show earlier, you're talking about a Michael Pittman range. You know, you're talking about Chris Olave last season, Zay Jones, DJ Moore, Al Lazard, like Terry McLaurin. It's just not a great range to be in. And especially when you're talking about a team that we don't know how much upside it has on offense. Like I only have them projected for 24 passing touchdowns or 23 passing touchdowns. That's just not great. You want to have this high-flying offense. And if your options are a Christian Kirk on a on a Jaguars-led offense by Trevor Lawrence, or you're talking about a Chris Olave, who could be the number one target in his offense, you're talking about a Michael Pittman, who, again, we'll see how the offense runs. His yard perception was super low last year, but should be the bona fide one and pretty talented on another Colts roster. You have to make that decision. And while I may take a Hopkins over some of those guys, you know, you talk about Mike Williams, similar points per game, maybe a little bit higher than that. But we know the upside with Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore is probably a lot higher than DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee. And so that's really where you kind of, you have to make your bet and place your bets. Would you rather have the kind of safe, secure, weekly asset that is DeAndre Hopkins, or would you rather shoot for a higher upside like a Christian Watson, who again, averaged 11.7 points per game last season. Alan Lazard was the same. DJ Moore was the same. Zay Jones, 12.4. Garrett Wilson, 12.7. So again, we expect bigger things from Garrett Wilson this year. DJ Moore, we'll see. Christian Watson, of course, should see a higher target share this season. But a lot of guys, you know, Gabe Davis, same thing, 11.4 points per game. He's a boomer bust guy, but plays in a great offense and does look to project fairly well this season. I think he's going to be a safe asset. I think he'll be a fine asset. But overall, I don't know how much you're going to want to invest in Hopkins, knowing that his ceiling probably is what it is. He'll be a week-to-week guy. I don't think he'll be more than 25, maybe 26% in terms of what I would expect. It could happen, of course, but this is more about what I expect to see based off the history of the Tennessee Titans and what we can project going forward. I project an uptick in passing. I project them to finally give a receiver a 25% target share, and I don't think there's quite the demise of Traylon Burks yet, but if you're in Dynasty and you're holding him, you got to just hold, man. There's there's nothing you can do. His value probably is going to go up a ton unless for some reason he is the one in this offense. 
but he's probably going to see somewhere around 100 targets. That's fine. Around 20% of the offense, which is great for Burks, especially if Hopkins is the one and earns those targets and get those targets. He'll make some splash plays. He'll be okay. But if his ADP doesn't slip probably two or three rounds in underdog, I'm just not interested. He's got to be seventh, eighth round. He's got to be around like some of the Gabe Davises and some of these other guys that are going to be fine threats, but they're not going to be weekly starters. I think Burks has that boom potential. And the most important thing I want you to take away, no fears over Chigia Conquo. Absolutely zero. I think whatever you expected him to do last year, this year should be the exact same. I don't think this Hopkins news changes anything for Chig. I think they've continuously targeted the tight end for the beginning of time. From as long as you look back, they've always targeted the tight end. If you're the tight end one in this Tennessee offense, it's been not a super great role, but I don't think anyone projected Chiggy for like 80 targets. He'll probably get around 64, 65, maybe 70 on the high end, but I think he'll be just fine. I don't think he's dead by any stretch. There'll be plenty of targets to go around and they target the tight end a lot and Chiggy will be the greatest beneficiary of those tight end targets. So I'm definitely not, not worried about Chiggy at all. Little worried about Burks because the long term doesn't look great. This year only looks okay. He's got to slip in value a little bit, but I think that Hopkins will probably be a bit of a value in drafts. It's just the ceiling as we mentioned, isn't quite there. Now I'm going to take a look at the DraftKings Sportsbook line for DeAndre Hopkins, which is out already, surprisingly. And we will also compare that to some of the other top receivers in the league and some key takeaways that we can take away from these lines and what we can expect in terms of a range of outcomes for DeAndre Hopkins. Now, instead of talking about Hopkins' line, I will start at the very top because I want you guys to understand this is not their ceiling projection. This is not necessarily what DraftKings Sportsbook expects them to do for the course of the season. But what it can tell you is how they feel about the floor of a said player. Perfect example, number one quarterback in terms of passing yards, Patrick Mahomes, 4,800 and a half passing yards. That is the line they set for Patrick Mahomes, which is insanely high. I don't believe any other quarterback is over 4,400 yards or 4,450, I believe is the next closest. So like Mahomes and what they view his floor ceiling mix as, extremely high. And that's where you look at these receivers and, and the numbers I present to you. That's what this is really about. Justin Jefferson, 1,350 yards. And you're like, hmm, that's a little low, Jordan. I mean, Justin Jefferson's never had less than 1,400 yards his entire career. Well, people, is July. You know, you, you can go ahead and bet the house on Justin Jefferson having 1,350 yards. But if he gets hurt, he's there's a pretty good chance he's not going to do that. So maybe don't go out and make that bet. But on BetMGM, if you want to go place a bet on Justin Jefferson, you have my you have my blessing. I mean, his his over-under is, I believe, 1250 right now, which is insanely low. I already bet that at minus 110. It's minus 140 now. That's my bet of the day. Justin Jefferson over his receiving yards at 1250 on BetMGM, but don't bet the 1350. It's just not a very good line. But that's the highest number on the board. So you have the big three receivers, and this is where the fantasy angle comes back in. Clear tier one clear tier one for these guys when you talk about Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Cooper Cup. They have the receiving yards and touchdowns out for all three guys. So case Cooper Cup, 1250, 10 touchdowns, 185 fantasy points for just those two numbers. Justin Jefferson, 1350 yards, eight and a half touchdowns, 186 fantasy points for just those two numbers. As of course, we know receptions will come into play when you talk about PPR. That, in my opinion, favors Cooper Cup. But, and then you have Jamar Chase at the very top, 1275 yards, 10 and a half touchdown projection, which is very high, 190 fantasy points overall. So you look at those big three, clear top, clear top, top of all the rankings, top of ECR. Great job, fantasy community. You did it. Tier one wide receivers, those are the three. 
Next, you have Adams and Tyreek Hill. So those two, 175, 177. And then you have a tier of Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson, kind of in their own tier, 165, 163. Then you have CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddell, and A.J. Brown as kind of your next sort of tier of guys. CeeDee Lamb, Waddle, and A.J. Brown, 155, 151, 150 as kind of that next tier. So let's go down a little bit because DeAndre Hopkins is not in any of these tiers. As you mentioned, I told you I'm projected for right around 970 yards and six touchdowns. His line on DraftKings Sportsbook is 850 yards and four and a half touchdowns. Now, touchdowns are slightly juiced to the over, not enough for me to at least move the projection. And so when you start looking at the players he's projected around, you see Mike Williams here. Would you rather have Mike Williams or DeAndre Hopkins? Mike Williams is projected for 800 yards, five and a half touchdowns. Chris Godwin. 800 yards, five and a half touchdowns. Christian Kirk, 825, 5.25 touchdowns. So slightly higher than Hopkins. And then players lower than Hopkins, Drake London, as we talked about last week in this low ceiling offense, 825 and a half yards, four and a half touchdowns. Michael Pittman, 825 and a half yards, four and a half touchdowns. And then everyone's favorite sleeper wide receiver, wide receiver 22 in ECR, which is just absurd. DJ Moore, 800 yards, four and a half touchdowns. Marquise Brown, 800 yards, 4.25 touchdowns. George Pickens, everyone's favorite fake alpha, 750 yards, four and a half touchdowns. So that is kind of the range of outcomes that DraftKings Sportsbook has projected for these players. And these guys, the ranges are insane. Chris Godwin, wide receiver 19 on ECR. Mike Williams, wide receiver 30. Hopkins, wide receiver 35. That may rise a little bit. Drake London, wide receiver 20 in ECR, which is out of this world. Michael Pippen, wide receiver 26. DJ Moore, wide receiver 22. Marcus Brown, wide receiver 32. And yet, you see that range of outcomes all the way from wide receiver 19 up to wide receiver 35. If you talk about DeAndre Hopkins, who's at 35. And DraftKings Sportsbook, just based off of, again, yards and touchdowns, has them all projected within like five points. And that's it. Five points is what they're saying. All these guys have similar ranges of outcomes. And if you want to go a little bit higher, a little bit higher, and again, this is not factoring receptions, Gabriel Davis, wide receiver, 46, 775 yards, but 6.25 touchdowns projected. Now, again, he's only projected for around like 55 receptions next year, so... That's the big reason why he won't be ranked that high. But again, for a guy who no one really wants in Gabe Davis, could be a sneaky buy candidate because, he, again, he has the upside of everything hits. He was wide receiver 15 in Dynasty just last season. And now you're talking about a guy who's basically left for dead. But yet, these sports books, the people that get paid a lot of money and make a lot of money doing this for a living, make a lot more than I do, make a lot more than you do probably. 775 yards, 6.25 touchdowns. That's a lot. That's way more than everyone else. That's that's 100 yards less than Tyler Lockett with the same touchdown upside. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So when you're looking at Hopkins, right, and you're, and you're extrapolating this data and you're saying, well, okay, Chris Godwin, I can get on board with that. Mike Williams, oh, heck yeah. Mike Williams, if DeAndre Hopkins do what Mike Williams does, that'd be great. Drake London, eh. You know, we kind of talked about that last week. We're not, not really feeling Drake London. But if you're telling me I'm getting Drake London for... 15 wide receiver slots fewer like Drake London is 48th ranked on the ECR right now for all players 48 overall and Javinder Hopkins is down at 80 and drafting sportsbook basically says they're the same guy same guy Drake London Javinder Hopkins no difference so why are we taking Drake London when Javinder Hopkins is that much cheaper when you can get him for cheaper Michael Pittman same situation is there that much more upside for Michael Pittman than Javinder Hopkins probably not 
Probably not. And so these are things to be aware of when you're talking about these players because we don't know what they're going to be. But when a major sports book like DraftKings Sportsbook or any sports book for that matter tells you that they believe that DeAndre Hopkins is in the same type of air and breath as a you know, Mike Williams, who's going to be a pretty low-volume guy. Drake London, who'll probably be a little pretty low-volume guy. Michael Pittman, who, you know, could see some volume. DJ Moore, low-volume guy, because if I recall, if I can pull the numbers up very quickly, they have Justin Fields for, like, his over-under on passing yards. It's like 2,800 yards. It's, like, insanely low. So let me just open up that real quick. And we have Justin Fields, who I believe is QB7. His over-under for passing yards... 2,850 and a half passing yards. Yeah, that is uh, that is not good. Even Lamar Jackson, which no, no slight to Lamar Jackson. He's he's a great, great, great quarterback. But even he's at 3,500 yards in terms of his over-under right now. It, it, like you're talking about a quarterback who is on par with Desmond Ritter and Anthony Richardson. Like Desmond Ritter, Anthony Richardson, 2,600 passing yards is the over-under for them. Justin Fields is the next lowest at 2,850. And like I mentioned, DJ Moore all the way down at 800 for his over-under. So not looking great for DJ Moore. But when you talk about the expected ranges of outcomes for DeAndre Hopkins, the sports books say, you know, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, Marquise Brown. He says they should be right in line with all these guys. And I think the better point and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because like in my projections, we're talking about a guy who should see volume and the receptions should be there. Is he going to see 140 targets? No, probably not. And while the ceiling may not be super high, his range of outcomes is similar to these guys in terms of yards and touchdowns, and he can definitely come close to keeping pace with them in terms of pure receptions because the targets will be there, in my opinion. So you look at a Drake London, a Hop, uh, Mike Williams, a Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, wide receiver 28, wide receiver 19, wide receiver 30, wide receiver 20, wide receiver 26, wide receiver 22. DeAndre Hopkins is behind all of them. He's behind every single one of them. And I think he's got a similar range of outcomes to these guys. Now, again, could Mike Williams have a massive season? Absolutely. Could Chris Godwin turn in another 100-catch, 1,200-yard season? Absolutely. Could Christian Kirk be a great receiver, even with Calvin Ridley there? Absolutely. But if you believe that DeAndre Hopkins is almost as good as these guys and will see the target share and think he has a pretty reasonable 1,000-yard ceiling, there's no reason not to take him. There's no reason not to like him. And so that's what's kind of different for me. Traylon Burks' line was actually up prior to this signing being announced. It was up at 725 yards, which again, seems pretty low. But I mean, even now with, with DeAndre Hopkins there, that line may not change a whole lot. It still may be 725, maybe 700, maybe 750. But, you know, I only have him projected for 875 yards. Not crazy. I have DeAndre Hopkins for 972 yards. Again, not crazy. But would be a fine season for any of these guys and they would smash their overs, but it's still necessarily not enough for me to bet it. And so when you talk about these ranges of outcomes and some of these guys, it's the reason why I would like to look at this stuff because it just tells you kind of what we should expect and why you look at an ECR and you're like, man, this is very interesting to say the least to have a wide receiver 19 mixed in with a wide receiver 35 and DraftKings says the difference in their difference in their pricing or difference in their value is like four points. It's it's actually only one point. Like literally that's the difference is one point. So <laughs> you just factor that in. You're like, man, what is going on? One point difference? That's all you're giving me. One point between Godwin and Hopkins. And I think the range of outcomes is very similar.
Very, very similar. And so that's that's really why I think that Hopkins will still remain a value because if he's valued as a wide receiver three, he probably returns high-end wide receiver three, back-end wide receiver two value. Again, the spike weeks aren't going to be there. So if you're looking for spike weeks, yes, target a Godwin, target a Williams. You know, again, Godwin, wide receiver 19 though. Whoo, that's that's high. That's high. The books, the books ain't all in with you on that one. DJ Moore, they ain't they ain't with you on that one. Michael Pittman, they, they ain't with you on that one. Drake London, they 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 definitely not with you on that one. Drake, Drake London, wide receiver 20, top 50 player, 825, four and a half. Just just give me DeAndre Hopkins. I I just I know what he's gonna do. I think Drake London could be great. I talked about this already. But it's if you're just playing it safe and you're playing the value game, DeAndre Hopkins is the clear value of all these guys. And that's that's the big takeaway here. And if you want to have access to this chart, let me know and I can send it to you. Um, but this is where the range of outcomes probably should be for DeAndre Hopkins. And like I talked about kind of on the wake-up show and here now, you're looking in that, you know, 11 and a half to 12 and a half, maybe 13 point per game receiver, probably not up to the likes of a Jerry Judy of maybe a Christian Kirk. He'll regress a little bit. Again, Chris Godwin was up at 14.9 last season. Don't expect that this year, especially with the volume probably coming down. Debo Samuel, 13 points per game last season. Jacoby Myers, 12.9. Garrett Wilson, 12.7. They could all fall in this range, and that's all in this back end, wide receiver two, high end, wide receiver three. And I think the books really reflect that. And so when you're kind of building out what you expect in your projections and, and your players and kind of how you would draft these guys, it's very easy to look past some of these high-end young guys and say, you know what? Just give me DeAndre Hopkins. Just give me Mike Williams. Just give me even George Pickens to some degree because he's, you know, wide receiver 38, but he's still 750 and four and a half as well. So it's it's a slight downgrade and it's literally, you know, 40 or even 30 slots down the ADP board. And so that tells you everything you need to know about how the books feel about these players and, you know, you talk about DeAndre Hopkins and Drake London, like the reception should be there. So there's that. So while that's not factored into these numbers, they'll probably be there at a reasonable rate within 10 or so receptions of some of these other guys. And you're talking about Mike Williams for him to really smash that number one. He has to stay healthy and he has to probably have an outlier touchdown season because we know that the receptions are probably not going to be there where he gets 80 plus receptions in a season again, unless he goes ballistic, which could happen which could absolutely happen. But even a Terry McLaurin up at 904 and a half, Keenan Allen, 875 and five and a half, Jerry Judy, 900 and a half and five and a half, Tyler Lockett, 875 and six and a half, you know, Mike Evans, 906. All these guys, all these guys have very different ranges of outcomes and they're telling you kind of with these numbers how they would tier the players and how they would value them for this season. I think you look at DeAndre Hopkins and you say, yeah, he's probably around a top 24-ish wide receiver. It's just, what does that look like in this offense? And do you really like to see it? Because it will be consistent. It will be fine. It's just not sexy. It's just not as sexy as having a Mike Williams on his blow-up weeks, a Christian Kirk when he scores two touchdowns, a Drake London when he has a phenomenal game. But again, the consistency should be there. I think he will be fine. Burks, you know, we'll see. He's probably a back-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four with some upside. But... It's not looking good for him either. But again, I think the price will come down for a burst where he could be fine. And I think that wherever you get Hopkins right now, if he's wide receiver 35 to, you know, even wide receiver 30, I get on board with that. And that's the main takeaway. I think wherever you get Hopkins right now, ECR has him at 35. I believe that, you know, underdog probably has him in the a little bit higher than that, probably around 30 or so. I don't remember what that number is exactly off the top of my head. But I think that he will be fine. I think he will be fine. Just the ceiling was what we hoped for. And... Ultimately, it's not going to be sexy. It's not going to be fun, but he'll probably return value for you in fantasy. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Straight to the Bank. As always, I am your host, Jordan Richards. You can follow me on Twitter at JaboyJRich. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to listen to more, make sure you follow it and subscribe. We have Scott Connor on Mondays, Chase and Cody tomorrow, Gene and Ike on Thursday, 4D, Mike and Adam on Fridays, Ray Untitled on Saturdays, and soon, and soon, if you did not hear, we will have a Dead V pod being added to the lineup as well. So lots of great things coming at Destination Debbie. So make sure you are tapped into DD Radio. Until next time, I am out. Peace.